Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Hello and welcome to Born of Wonder. I'm your host, Katie Marquette, and on this podcast, we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. Uh, Today on the podcast, uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. I got to just chat with my wonderful husband, Chris, and reminisce about when we studied abroad at Oxford uh, back, uh, back in 2012, so 10 years ago, which is hard to believe. So I hope that it is, it's just a fun reminiscence uh, for anybody who has studied there or visited there or somebody who would like to visit. Uh, this is sort of in the style of my my Scotland episode I did back, uh, back a few episodes ago with my friend Miriam, just um, reminiscing about our personal adventures and experiences, but also trying to give you some good uh, pointers and tidbits. Um, I think Oxford is an amazing place. It's full of history. If you are a fan of the Inklings, uh, the literary group that included Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, Oxford is like, it is a dream come true. To, to, to visit there, um, to study there is just amazing because you are living and breathing uh, what what these these heroes <laughs> of mine, uh, definite, definite heroes of mine, what, what, what they, their life there. You are, you are walking Christchurch Meadows. You are having a drink at the Eagle and Child. You are debating huge theological concepts and uh, walking the the beautiful halls of um, Oxford's many, many colleges and, and just, it's just a place that's alive with ideas and uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful place to be. I also think of it as a place that I was really introduced to Catholicism as sort of a lived reality, not just an abstraction. I was a religious studies major, but not remotely re- religious. And I met um, some very good Catholic friends who I, I just really admired the way they lived. I got to go to mass with them at the oratory, which was very impactful to me. And, um, and, and it was just, it, it was, it was a chance to sort of live in beauty and not just see it as an academic abstraction. So I always point back to that time at Oxford, uh, as sort of a pivotal moment for me, um, in that realm as well. But, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun reminiscing, realized that we had forgotten a lot of details. So please excuse, uh, excuse our, our lack of detail on occasion. Um, but, uh, but I hope it's fun. I hope it's interesting. And, um, I want to thank, uh, our friends, Leonor and Nuno, who are our daughter's godparents who just were, were there. We're just in Oxford living, living the life, having, having drinks at pubs and going and visiting Tolkien's grave and going to mass, um, at the oratory, uh, that they, uh, encouraged, encouraged us to do this episode. So, um, thank you for that idea, Leonor and Nuno. 
If you're new to the podcast, please feel free to visit my website, bornofwonder.com. You can find out more about me, contact me. A lot of people have been emailing me lately, um, which I really, really love. I don't know if it's because I'm off social media, so so this is now the way you should get in touch with me is to email me, contact me. Uh, I love it. I love to hear from you. Um, I love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. I love to hear, I've, I've gotten a few emails with, with thoughts about technology and social media, things like that. Um, if you're thinking about getting off your social media, come join me on the dark side, get off it. You don't need it. I promise the world goes on. You won't lose your friends. You won't miss events. Nothing is going to happen except that you're going to have a lot better attention and uh, be a lot less anxious and things like that. So join me, join me over there. So um, please, please feel free to email me anytime. Uh, And I so appreciate those of you who have become patrons. Uh, You can go to the link Patreon uh, in the show notes, support me for $2 a month, which helps pay for my subscriptions and my time and buy me coffee, which is very essential. So I certainly appreciate that. And if you become a patron, I will write you a hand written letter, uh, which I love to do. And um, I'm sorry for those of you who haven't gotten a letter yet. I'm making my way through. Uh, so so thank you for your patience. But uh, you will, I promise, I will. You, uh, you will get a letter from me. So I hope everyone's having a good start to Eastertide. Spring weather is definitely here, which is amazing. It's wonderful, invigorating. Flowers are blooming and the weeds are not overwhelming yet. So, so it's a good time. It's a good time of year. Uh, But let me, uh, without further ado, just launch us into this conversation. Thank you again to my husband, Chris, for indulging me and, uh, and having this chat with me. So do you remember why you decided to do the Oxford exchange? Like when you heard of it, were you, did you just know that that was the study abroad program you wanted to do? I, I don't remember even considering another study abroad program. I mean, it was the fact that we could go to Oxford. I was like, great, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely my first choice by far. I remember just having the impulse to study abroad, first of all, and then looking at all the programs, and that was just really the only one that appealed to me enough to you know, invest the time in applying and all that. Yeah, um, and just for some back background, we went to St. Mary's College of Maryland, which is a teeny tiny liberal arts college on the St. Mary's River in in Southern Maryland. So just the opportunity to <laughs> study at, uh, at Oxford University felt like a very, very huge privilege, especially uh, it was, I think you could go from any program, but it was certainly uh, marketed to English majors. Uh, it was, uh, even though it was technically sort of a history program that we were entering, um, it was called the Center for Medieval and Renaissance Studies, CMRS, which was associated with Keeble College at Oxford. Um, I did not study anything about medieval history. You, I mean, you, you took history class. I mean, we both took lit well, history I, one, but... I took ancient and medieval philosophy, so that was, right. you know sort of within that but um and we also had i forget the name of it now but we all had that common that course in common you know that the entire program had to take together which was medieval history right yeah yeah so they were trying um, to cover their bases or, I guess. not just medieval because i know we had um uh some ancient as well i think in that yeah i i do <laughs> it was such a blur medieval. so so when we arrived it, we had about so so the terms in oxford are a little different in the uk are a little different than in the United States. So we had about a month to kill before Michaelmas term started, before fall term started. So that first month we were there in September was was that course that was offered just through our 
program before we would, you know, have our university tutors. And that was sort of a whirlwind tour. <laughs> I think we went to like a dozen cathedrals. Like, I mean, it was yeah, it was yeah. unreal. Getting all of us ignorant Americans up to speed. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember anyone in particular? Any of the castles? Yeah, or like 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 just one of our field trips that really stood out to you. Um, they all do blend together, like yeah. you said. Um, I remember Gloucester. Gloucester, I don't. <laughs> you don't remember, <laughs> I don't that, remember that. I remember Glastonbury. Right, that was like the mystical yeah. medieval town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but so for people who don't know, that we should talk about what uh, what makes an Oxford education unique is especially the tutorial style system which i know you especially loved um i did i loved it too uh do could you just like describe it yeah um i mean it's pretty simple it's like um you know you'd have a, a tutor uh instead of a professor in a classroom so you'd meet one-on-one -on -one with your tutor who would have given you an assigned reading for the week and uh you would have written an essay based on that reading and um I think it varied based on the tutor you had, but you know, a fairly typical experience, which I think you didn't actually have, but I did with my philosophy tutor, was you would read your essay aloud to your tutor uh, during your session, and then he would, he or she would comment on it, and um, that would be the basis of your discussion. But he wouldn't necessarily read it in advance, um, although mine often would, so that was you know. That was good, but anyway, I think that's like the traditional format for the tutorial. But um, you know, other people would write their essay, and the, the instructor or the tutor would read it in advance, and then you just start from the beginning with your discussion about it. But anyway, that was the basic format. Yeah, and it was it was uh, you know regardless of whether you were actually reading the essay. I yeah, now that I think about it all of my tutors would have me send it beforehand and they would have made notes and then we would talk about it, maybe read sections of it, but I didn't have to walk in and read my whole essay um, like I know you did. Um, yeah, with the, um, the philosophy tutorial, like I, I would send it to him in advance, but I would also often uh, send it to him, you know, like 3 a.m. <laughs> the night before, so uh, he would read it on the train in. He didn't live in Oxford, so he would ride the train in and, and read it on the way, he said. So, I mean, the amount of essays, I really credit um, Oxford with that experience at Oxford with um, how quickly I write, <laughs> even today, um, just because you had to write an essay for each one of your tutorials uh, every week. It was, a, it was a full essay, and I mean, it was like 10 pages? I, that's what I remember. Yeah, I think it was about 3,000 words. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it was not just like a couple paragraphs. I mean, it was a fleshed out essay. And uh, two, two, that's no, right, too. Yeah. Two tutorials that we had to do. Right. So we had two tutorials and a survey. And was that it? I think you were, yeah, I had kind of forgotten this, but yeah. that um, that course that you we described in the beginning, w w you know, that was before the semester it proper. Was, yeah. like, and then we, I think we only had three courses for the rest of the semester. Is that right? Like, I think so, yeah. The two tutorials and then the. Um, Surveys, I yeah, was. Because we both took uh, Arthurian 
Arthurian legends yeah. together. We took that seminar. You can tell that this was, how long ago was this now? A decade. It was 10 years ago, so sorry if we don't remember everything freshly. I do have a, a physical photo album in front of us that we're looking at, so we can jog our memory as needed. Uh, that's one thing that I'm not always good at following up on my ideals for things, but this is actually one area that I do, is I do scrapbook physically you can vouch for that right so yeah it's made great scrapbooks that <laughs> so we, we all can, enjoy looking through including jojo yeah that's actually great if you have a baby really have like physical photo albums out because it's really they like to look through them and especially if you're in them you know as they're like saying mama and dada it's really cute and fun to see them point things out mostly she likes looking at pictures of herself <laughs> That's true. They're pretty narcissistic. Yeah, there's a lot of like pointing at just baby, baby. <laughs> but anyway, side note, no babies in this album. We were 20 years old. We turned 21 while we were there. Uh, it was pretty anticlimactic because you can drink at 18 in Europe. So maybe for the best. <laughs> but um, and yeah, we're just flipping through right now. So Oxford, so where we were living, uh, we, we were living on High Street. We didn't live in a dorm. We didn't live um, on Keeble's campus. Uh, we lived, though, right in the heart of the city of Oxford, which was pretty cool. Um, it, everything, I don't know if it's still the case, but it seems like everything was either under constructed or being excavated in Oxford. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember a lot of scaffolding. Yeah, I mean, I think because it's such an old city, uh, there's always sort of something being discovered there. So not the quietest place, but uh, it was just a very cool place to live. So the dorm style place uh, that we lived in, we actually lived with other exchange students, uh, most of whom were Americans. Um, so those were actually the people we became closest to and who are still uh many of them very good friends today we just had a friend visit us uh, a month ago um, just crazy that we met her 10 years ago Ellen listens to this podcast so we loved seeing you Ellen and reminiscing about Oxford um, but yeah, she's going to be a guest. So I'm, I'm now that I'm saying it on here. She has to be so um, but uh, I what did you think about the fact that we we didn't really meet too many British people while we studied abroad yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think you made much more of an effort than I did to uh, to to immerse yourself in the um, the like the Oxford community experience. Um, I was, you know, a little more reclusive, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but um, you know, you went to the dining hall and stuff. I don't think I ever, <laughs> I ever went. But. Um, yeah, we had, we met uh, some Polish friends. That's right, yeah. Through, uh, so one of the great things, you know, even though we were only there for a term, we did have, you know, full access to all the Oxford University clubs and orga student organizations. We were free to join, you know, anything we wanted. And of course, the one that caught our eye was uh, the Wine Tasting Society. So that is what we, <laughs> what we joined. How would you describe that? What, like, what was it? It was the Blind Wine Tasting Society, I should say yeah well how would i describe it i don't know i mean so like what happened when was, we went to a meeting uh yeah so i guess the organizers of the meeting would have selected in advance like a couple different bottles of wine that you know we would all sample but we weren't privy to you know the um to what what the wines were so the whole point was to kind of teach us the basics of uh 
um, identifying wines based on their taste and smell and mm-hmm. and uh, and which I, was like a big improvement from my like red or white. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think this is red. Yeah, I think it's red. Um, but uh, yeah, and then so. And then we would all, you would make notes on how it tasted and how it looked and how it smelled. And then um, you would hazard a guess mm-hmm. and be wrong. Yeah. We would be wrong, but the experts there, and they really were experts. I think while we were there, they competed against, I want to say Yale. It was it was some um, United States uh, university, you know, and they competed in blind wine tasting. And it was in the New York Times while we were there. Right. The president was featured. Do you remember that? Or was it against Cambridge? I think it was Cambridge. Okay, it was yeah. Cambridge. Okay, um, and I think Oxford won. So because I remember Wren being featured, yeah. but so we learned, you know, just a little bit. I know, like, I remember some things uh, about, you know, you put a piece of white paper down if you're drinking red wine, and you can lean it, and you can see sort of how dark the hue is uh, of of the of the rim of the of the the drink against the white. I don't remember what it means. <laughs> so you can do that and say something about the color, but I don't know what it indicates. So <laughs> so priceless tidbits of knowledge like that were taken away. Um, yeah, we well, know a lot of process, but not much yeah, substance. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. But, but it, that's what counts, though, because you want to look like you know what you're doing. So you can make a lot of, like, you know, <laughs> you know, you want to sniff and, like, look at it a long time and then just... Sniff. That's yeah, the sniff, word for it, too. It, yeah. Sniff the wine. <laughs> I, I should also mention that we were we drank the wine, whereas yeah. some of the other <laughs> members did not. They would do the taste and spit. So we had fun doing that. Um, there were also, like festivals going on we missed this uh we missed guy fox day because we were i think in paris uh which is another fantastic thing about studying in, in europe is you know that it's a train ride away or something to go to all these wonderful places but i know a lot of our friends had a lot of fun you know celebrating with the bonfires and everything like that um for guy fox day but we missed that but there was a uh, it, was, it was like the gardening club of oxford that we stumbled upon um and and uh, they were having you know this wonderful festival in like this meadow on the outskirts of Oxford and um, and uh, we have some great pictures in this album of us just dancing around with some British people you know mingling <laughs> with the locals um, and they were selling pumpkins we wanted to get this very nice looking pumpkin they wouldn't let us buy it <laughs> they gave us this horrible looking green one so that's mostly what I remember is that child. <laughs> denying us the yeah, good pumpkin there were two have. pumpkins left yeah. one was perfect and one <laughs> <laughs> looked like it was collapsing in, into itself yeah and, and our friend margot was trying yeah. to negotiate here and it didn't work out so we have a picture of her sort of turning this pumpkin away like so you can't see how like horrible it is so that th- these are just some of the fun things we got to do while we we're there the other fun thing to do in oxford is go to pubs um there are wonderful wonderful pubs in oxford the bear is there which i, th- I think is the oldest pub i i don't want to say in england certainly in oxford uh it's i think it dates back to 1200s i don't know i should have like researched this before i said this but it's it is the oldest pub i remember that i remember that was the first place we went but most of our time when we were out at out at pubs was at either the Lamb and Flag or um, the Eagle and Child, which are two the two pubs um, that the Inklings, uh, which was the literary group that included Tolkien and C.S. Lewis among others, uh, would meet at. So that was really really 
cool to you know have a drink where where they did and have have our own lively debates and things like that um i you know the eagle and child is a little um i'm sure they get a lot of tourists so it, it's 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 not as cozy i think as the lamb and flag was but um we did we enjoyed it there too um were there any other pubs that you remember us really liking i mean those are the two that we were at a lot yeah, those were the ones. I remember the King's Arms. The King's Arms, yeah. But that was, I think, more popular uh, among the uh, like college students. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit more like a bar mm-hmm. than the others. But uh, yeah, no, mostly I remember those two you mentioned. And I know we've talked about this before, how much we liked pub culture as opposed to bar culture. Yes, yes, definitely. Because you could hear each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big distinction. <laughs> but that's something that, you know, nightlife in, you know, even though this is a university city, I mean, was pretty wrapped up by 10, 30, 11 at night uh, because pubs close quite early. And I know that there were clubs and things like that, but they were sort of the um, exception. Uh, most people would go out, have dinner, have a beer or two with their friends and actually be able to sit down and talk, uh, maybe enjoy some music or something like that. But it was a much more relaxed atmosphere um and everybody largely the city was pretty closed down by what you know going out in america standards would be considered very very early which i know we both liked a lot actually even at 21 we enjoyed that (laughs) so um i i actually took a class uh on the inklings that was one of my tutorials which was i'm so glad i took that course just because it was um pretty incredible to be studying studying the inklings um my uh, my tutor was a uh, dr dresvina and uh she was wonderful and we would uh we, we studied you know charles williams c.s lewis uh dorothy sayers tolkien of course and uh then you know you could you could have your tutorial and then go walk Christchurch meadows where tolkien and lewis debated and walk by you know the, the the lamppost and the door that supposedly you know helped inspire narnia and we we took a little pilgrimage with our friend ellen to um tolkien's house and to his grave uh so it was um pretty incredible to to be where these people lived and breathed and thought and debated and wrote these incredibly impactful works. Uh, so we, I read a lot of the works. So I read a lot of Lewis. I read Tolkien um, and then also read about, uh, read biographies about, you know, learning about their lives in Oxford. So that was pretty, that was, I love that tutorial. Um, sorry, dog shaking, shaking. And then Chris and I both shared a, tu- a tutor, Tony Lurcock, who was, wonderful really i mean this man loved literature he would weep sometimes in our tutorials i took 21st cent or i'm sorry i took 20th century literature chris took 19th century literature mine ended up being the smart choice because 20th century literature they wrote uh, much shorter books <laughs> and so my assignments would be you know um what, what it was like a handful of dust um or Graham Greene, you know, I mean, it was, it, they, they were great books, wonderful, but short. And then well, also you'd get like short stories some weeks. That's so you'd, right, you'd yeah. have to read, you know, three Joyce stories or something. Or, I mean, know? I had to read like Dubliners, you know, I mean. Yeah, but I remember the focus at least was on a couple of them. It wasn't like yes. the entire thing. Whereas I had to read Our Mutual Friend. <laughs> or Tessa <laughs> Durbeville. Right. And also 19th century literature was like very bleak, right? I mean. Some of it, yeah, some of it, but um, 
you know, he w- he wanted to get into a lot of the different uh, movements of that century in English literature. So toward the end of that century, it was like the movement, loose movement called naturalism, which was uh, pretty influenced by Darwin and the idea of survival of the fittest and things like that. So that was, you know, pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But what did you? Uh, I I think Tony was quite a quite a character. What did you uh, think of him? Yeah, oh, he was a complete character. It was he was very, um, yeah, he was just very like uh, deliberate about everything. I remember he would walk in and very gentle man, and sit down across from me, and he would remove his watch, and place it delicately, and he told me it was one of three prized possessions that he owned, and he would never tell me the other two. <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, and, um, let's see, yeah, and like you mentioned, he would just weep, and almost, for me, it was almost every... Well, the topics of your books, I mean, like you're saying, they're pretty... The worst one was, I remember telling (laughs) Ellen about this when she visited recently, um, when we read Persuasion by Jane Austen, he, it was like an uncontrollable weeping toward the end of uh, the tutorial, and, uh... I felt like helpless. I didn't know what to do for this man, but um, <laughs> can I offer you a tissue? Like, yeah, I oh mean, gosh. you know, that book has a good ending, so I don't know. <laughs> so I think that there is a good story that's worth sharing about Tony because this is just like I think he was such he was such a a character to meet there. I mean, he was such an Oxford professor in so many ways. So he he decided uh, that it would be really like lovely to invite some of his American uh, students um, on a on a hike you know uh, one of the cool things about Oxford is that you're actually quite close to the countryside you don't have to go very far outside of the city to to find some really beautiful country walks and uh, he invited us and another student at uh, CMRS, Tom, who was also his student, his student, to go on this sort of ramble, you know, and the way he presented it, I thought it was going to be, what, an hour? I mean, it was a casual. thought it would be the morning. Right. The morning, yeah. So we all met him, met, and we were ready to go, and uh, it was not the lighthearted walk that we thought. It was a hike. Yeah, it was about, eight, like, eight miles or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were not in shape. No, not at all. Yeah, so thinking this was just going to take take up the morning, we'd bought just these tiny um, tri- you know, triangle sandwiches, like cheese sandwiches. Which also, okay, what is chutney? I don't like yeah. it. Like, why do you put jam on a, like, ham sandwich? Yeah, I'm no, just, that's one British thing I don't love. <laughs> anyway, side note. <laughs> yeah, but these were, like, the the sorriest excuses for sandwiches I'd ever seen, and, and this is what we brought. Um, and it turned out to this whole hike lasted, I think, until like 5 p.m. or something. It was the whole day. It yeah. was the whole day. Like, not exaggerating. And we should also mention that Tony was an older gentleman. I mean, 70s? At 70s? Yeah, at least 70. And he uh, was very in shape, putting us all to shame uh, as we are just hiking around the countryside. And uh, at one point, he lit up his pipe sent us up the hill to go see a view and said that we'd sit down here and, and the three of us, Chris, me and Tom, like get to the top and we're like, did you know that this is what we were, <laughs> this is what was going to happen? And all of us are kind of in shock. We did go to a pub with him, which was on the route, which is another thing I love about rambles in the uh, British, Irish, like just the UK. They tend to have these walks where you can 
end up at pubs along the way. That's like not a usual thing here in the U.S. I mean, we live in the beautiful countryside. I can't walk to a pub and I find that disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish we could walk to a pub. I know. Like but. through the country, though, you know, that like you didn't have to get on like a main road that you could sort of ramble through the sheep's field and end up in, at a pub on the hill. That would be so ideal. Um, so anyway, that's just uh, <laughs> just an illustration of what kind of person Tony was. And then the best thing is we get back, you know, late afternoon. We're all exhausted and tired and so hungry. And what does he say? He, I think he could tell we were exhausted and he wanted to rub it in a little bit. So he said that he was off to, he didn't want to miss his squash game. <laughs> Which I don't know, was that true, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I feel, maybe he was just sticking it to us or something or making a joke, but he seemed pretty serious about it. But um, yeah, so those are just, that's that's one of my favorite memories. Um, as far as Oxford as like a town, as a city, if you go visit, uh, I, you, I think you can arrange tours of the Radcliffe camera, uh, the Bodleian Library. Uh, we luckily we had access to it as as students and i know some friends of mine studied there all the time like they would just stake it out i didn't go there as much as i wish i i wish i had gone there more but it's very very cool it's beautiful it's like the image you see so often when you see pictures of oxford um and uh that was amazing we did our dining hall uh you know harry potter was filmed uh, in Oxford so you can just do a quick Google search if you're walking around the town and find you know oh where was the infirmary I just we just saw a picture of Ellen and Peter dancing and what was the infirmary in Harry Potter uh, so you know like that that was fun for me I'm, I'm a Harry Potter fan so that was certainly fun and uh yeah, I mean it's it's a very it's a very cool town, and it's I think that it has so much history, and it also just I think is alive with the um, with with the, the 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 thoughts and debates and everything that are still going on there today. Um, I really like college towns in general for that reason. Is I think there's a certain energy there, and there definitely was in Oxford. I think, um, and then like I said, of course, the accessibility to go. To go elsewhere, we traveled to Scotland. We we did Paris. So we we went to Italy um, uh, after term and everything like that. So, um, but one of the cool things uh, we're just flipping. So now it's it's reminding me as I see things is uh, is if you go to the dining hall, I can't remember exactly when they were required, but I know there were a few dinners. I think they might have just been special occasion dinners. I know during Christmas time you had to. Um, but you wear robes, you know, I mean, you have the full robes when you sit at the table and they have these beautiful, you know, glass, silverware, everything. And that's like basically the, the dining hall, <laughs> um, which we did not have a full pass to. Like we didn't have like a meal plan that was like every day. So we, I mean, I couldn't eat there every day, but you did have uh, the option to eat there occasionally, which we, I guess you didn't take advantage of, Chris, no. but I did. I remember, I remember going once, I think, for one of the... Um one yeah. of the ones we all went to. <laughs> yeah, right, like as a group, yeah. But, but yeah. We did some other travels around. We went to Bath. You know, Jane Austen fans will love that. We went to Blenheim. Uh, there's lots and lots of day trips. We did a trip to the Cotswolds, which I highly recommend. What I do not recommend is me planning it uh, with <laughs> the bus schedule. <laughs> yeah, what happened exactly? <laughs> I remember... Just uh, like we all relied on you knowing yeah, when the bus back was. And yeah. I think we, by the time we finished our walk in the Cotswolds, 
we'd missed the last bus, right? Yeah. I mean, so the Cotswolds, you know, are these beautiful, this beautiful area of the countryside that's like, you know, Beatrix Potter, you know, little gates and sheep and beautiful country gardens and tea shops. And we did this fantastic walk. It was a beautiful day. We had a great time. And uh, I had read the bus schedule wrong. I'm not a public transport native. <laughs> Any place I've lived that has public transportation, I have always gotten lost on it. And uh, this was no exception. And unfortunately, there were like five other people relying on my non-existent planning skills. Uh, so we missed a bus. We had no way to get back. And uh, <laughs> there are a lot of details that I could say about this story, but it would just bore you. But there were lots of like crazy things that happened and pe people we ran into that ended up like knowing St. Mary's. It was weird. But in any case, we had ended up having like a taxi ride back to Oxford, which I think I just paid for because I could just see these glum faces all around me that um, <laughs> were pretty resentful. And I wanted to maintain the friendship um, going forward. So we did get back eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, going to the Cotswolds, that was that was lovely and beautiful. Um, and uh, Oxford also has, uh, I, I mean, I didn't really take full advantage of it while we were there because we weren't Catholic yet. But uh, the oratory is there, which is which is amazing. I, I went to mass there once, exactly once, which like kills me now to think about um, <laughs> how many times I could have been there. But um, and there's uh, that I know uh, our we, we met some very good Catholic friends there who had an incredible impact on us. And just seeing the way they lived and that I did get to go to mass with them and just uh, th that there is a great Catholic community in Oxford. So if you are Catholic and you find yourself in Oxford, know that there are um, incredible resources for you there. Um, and of course, you have the history of people like uh, like Tolkien and you know and Christian apologists like C.S. Lewis, uh, who who were debating these great theological concepts um, all around Oxford. So. Oh, <laughs> one thing also, do you remember? <laughs> there were these things called bops. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. Like, what were they? We attended them. They were hosted by the college. I think they were what we would call parties. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you want to seem British, just call a, call it a bop. Okay. <laughs> but like, we would go to, like, Keeble, the college, would host a bop. And like, here is a picture of us. And it was an American themed bop. So you can imagine that we all had fun with this. Um, looking American, acting American at the bop. So yeah, I think- You had to come in costume. Yeah, yeah. There were, yeah. And I, I mean, I know that there were some other ones too, but um, so, so I mean, there were these like fun school sponsored things. And uh, it's always funny to be an American abroad to see, <laughs> to see whether people like you or not. In some places they really like you and some people don't feel that way about Americans. Um, I don't think the British people in Oxford loved us. No, I remember <laughs> once we were all talking in a group and then a stranger, just some, a, a woman approached us and said, I can tell you're American. And we said, asked why? And she said, because you all smile so much. Oh. And then she just walked away. Like without smiling, probably. Right, right, yeah. Well, smiling. I okay. So I apologize that we're happy. Um. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but uh, no. In actuality, like I didn't have any like negative experiences really. I just think that you know, uh, I I have been to pl I mean like places like Scotland, uh, and Ireland, and actually when I traveled to Africa and places like that are very sort of, um, hospitality. I think toward 
everyone, um, you know, even if you're an American, uh, is is definitely important. I did not get that vibe in Oxford, not that I felt excluded, but you were certainly uh, like on your own, I think it was, uh, was the feeling. But actually, the nice thing about that is that we became very, very close to, I think, the people who traveled with us who were also new to the city. And uh, we formed some some very uh, deep and long lasting friendships. So that worked out. Yeah, and I don't want to be too critical of the British. You no, know, I mean, I, I think love that. The British. Uh, don't get me yeah, wrong. I love the British, and I have a lot of respect for that way of life. You know, um, the kind of non-invasive, yes, uh, which uh, kind of life, which like allows you to uh, <laughs> to be f- completely yourself in a in a, uh, a very authentic way. There's no, um, there's very little artificiality. I think mm-hmm. in. Um, the way people communicate in public. Like, that's probably what that woman was commenting on. She found it probably inauthentic to a degree, even though it wasn't. It's just the way. Yeah, that's a fair fair point. And I think I brought up, like, when I was doing the British crime show episode, how I liked how they kind of, uh, you know, that there's just, like, uh, not this obsession with perfection in a lot of British television uh, that I appreciate. And I think that that's true in British culture a lot, too. And, And I definitely appreciate that you know like maybe you're not in the mood to have a, a loud conversation with American and you don't feel the need to pretend that you want to <laughs> um, and that's fair you know it's totally fair so yeah I think there's like there's a lot more charm in eccentricity mm-hmm. in in England than there is yeah. in America which I like yeah so it's a wonderful it's a wonderful place to visit I hope that we can go back someday um, it's been a dream to go back. I, I, we ha- we haven't been back since we were since we were students there ten years ago. So, uh, if you ever get a chance to study there, uh, I, we both loved the tutorial system. I think it's very um, it's difficult in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, I thrive on discussion and things like that. So so I I did like having that balance of having the seminar class as well. But I do think that it was uh, very very valuable to have that one on one. Uh, relationship with your tutor and to be specifically challenged in that way uh, you know and, and the expectations were high which I think was good you know you, you can read a lot more and write a lot more than you think uh, and um, I think that we we proved that we could <laughs> uh, while we were there so and still packed in a lot of fun as as you heard you know we, we still had time to travel and go to pubs with our friends and things like that um, but then again we also had much more stamina for writing essays until three in the morning, which I don't know if I could still do. But if you're in that time of life to do that, then <laughs> then you can. Well, this was really fun to reminisce, even though we lo- we've probably uh, realized that we've forgotten a lot of details that uh, <laughs> that we wish we had remembered. But um, I'm really, really, really grateful for our time in Oxford, and um, and I recommend it as a place to visit for sure. Yeah, no, it was fun to um, to relive all of this, and um, I do feel like <laughs> there were um, a lot of things that we didn't either didn't remember or that we remembered not taking advantage of. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But you know, for that reason, I would love to go back someday and take advantage of what I what I can, what I could still take advantage of that I didn't at the time. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. You know, sometimes when you look back at these things, I think especially when you're in college or things like that. I mean, I wish that I had taken advantage of the fact in college that you had a whole day, one, <laughs> one class or something, and the rest of the day was free. 
I mean, that blows my mind, kind of. Um, so if you're still in college, read as much as you can and like go on walks and yes, hang out with your friends and stuff like that. But there are very few times in life when you have that kind of freedom. Uh, and maybe there's no way to truly appreciate it in the moment, but that is amazing. Yeah, very true. You feel so busy when you're in college and you are, there's no question about it. You know, you've got part of it, I think, is that you have something on your mind 24 hours a day, but, um, the actual schedule that you have is, is, uh, much lighter than it will ever be again mm-hmm. until you retire. And someday you'll have a baby <laughs> who, if she's awake, you know, forget it. Yeah. I mean, like that's, <laughs> which is really, really fun in, in it in a different way, but not in a quiet, studious reading kind of way. But, um, yep. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Th- so thanks Chris for taking the time to sit down and chat with me about this. Yeah, no, it was my pleasure. I was already sitting and you just showed up. <laughs> so that's the other, that's the other trick for getting interviews. Just <laughs> do it, <laughs> trick them into sitting down with a glass of wine or something. <laughs> So I hope that was fun to listen to. We certainly had fun reminiscing. Um, it was such a such a beautiful time of life, and uh, and it's just just fantastic. Um, it was such a gift to be able to study there, and I think that the impact it had on us uh, was profound. And I'm still realizing the ways that it's impacted me. So um, do visit uh, if you can. I think that you'll really really love it. Uh, just one note here. I wanted to mention someone emailed me and was like, what is the name of that book you've been rambling about? Uh, you know, Kristen something. I, I don't know. Kristen Laverne's daughter is the name. It's a Norwegian name. I know it's not. People, I, people are like, I act like you're just Kristen Laverne's daughter, you know? And I remember when I first heard of that book and I was like, what are they talking about? So it's called Kristen Laverne's daughter. Uh, and it's by Sigrid Unset, and I think the Well-Read Moms Book Club is doing it as their next book, so it's a perfect time to, to do it uh, if, if it's been on your to-read to list. Uh, I'm going to be talking with Beth Jameson of the Well-Read Life podcast, great podcast I would recommend about it. Um, I think it's going to, we're going to talk this week, I think that episode will come out next week. Uh, we aren't going to hold back though, um, so it will have spoilers, so if you haven't read it, just put that episode on pause and come back to it. But if you'd like a introduction to Kristen Laverne's daughter, you're like, what is this book about? Beth does a great intro episode that does not have spoilers. So I will put a link uh, to that episode in the show notes. I'm so looking forward to talking to her uh, and and exploring this book with you all. Um, so, so that's just a side note. And I did want to just leave you with a recommendation. Um, I've been listening to, <laughs> to a lot of um, Gaelic songs um, because did you know that Duolingo, you can learn Scots Gaelic. So that's my Duolingo uh, project right now. So I have all these wonderful Gaelic songs on and I rediscovered one that I really love um, called The Silky of School Scary, uh, which I am going to play for us now. Um, it has Julie Fowlis singing. Uh, she, I have this Spotify playlist. I'll put a link to that too, um, which is all, you know, Gaelic songs. It's pretty much all her, <laughs> but she is a beautiful voice and she, um, almost all her songs are in Gaelic. So this is a great song. It's about, it's a Selkie story. If anybody was, a on Fairy Stories listener, you know, I love Selkie stories. These are these 
Um, you know, they, they, they live in their seals in the ocean, people on land. There's this whole lore about like stealing a Selkie's uh, coat. And then if they find their coat, they're back in the ocean. There's all these crazy stories about Selkies. Um, you can, I'll put a link to the On Fairy Stories episode I did all about Selkie stories. So this is a beautiful song. I hope you enjoy it. And, um, and yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, lots of fun things to come. If you have time to leave a star rating on Spotify, a star rating in a comment on iTunes. So appreciate it. So important to the podcast and so meaningful to me. So thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Katie Marquette. This is Born of Wonder.
here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. 